0: Sorry about that. I just made it. Um, the Lord knows what we need. I was getting all nervous sitting there studying before. Then I got a call at right on six o'clock. I thought, oh, not now. And I rang every other plumber in town and they couldn't answer the phone. But it took all the nerves away because all I could think about is getting here on time.
1: <laughs>
0: so the Lord has a, a um, reason for everything. If you can turn to Hebrews chapter 12 verses, uh, I'm going to re- read the first two verses there. But while they are turning there, I just got a couple of thoughts to start us off. Was thinking about the joy that, it, or what an athlete has that helps them get through the hours of training, the eating healthy, the early starts, uh, maybe injury and setbacks, what gets them through that part of um, training or the, the preparing? What helps them to keep going and not just give up? I thought of that and I thought, well, it's the joy of winning. The glory of praises from others, it's that goal. And that's what they have their mind fixed on. They're not constantly thinking about their setbacks or the injuries. I'm definitely not any athlete by a long shot. But for me, sometimes when Tony and I go to boxing... And just going to that on Monday night, I sort of think of every excuse I can through the whole day to not go. But then for me, it's, well, it's going to help my health, keep me, give me a little bit of fitness and it's something to do with a friend as well, so I better go. So those, those are the reasons I look forward to that. But let's read these two verses here. Hebrews chapter 12, starting verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a greater cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, we uh, thank you for your word and... uh, many things we can glean from it well we just pray now that um lord that you would speak through me it wouldn't be any of the um, words of my own but it'd be your words lord as we um go through this passage here in wonder from precious name amen (coughs) so as we read these two verses the main thing i want to look at is what was the joy that was set before the Lord that helped him endure the cross. He knew that it was going to be agonising, both physically and spiritually. It was, uh, and we can tell by um, when he was praying, he was sweating, um, as it were, great drops of blood in the anticipation of what was to come. But there was a joy that helped him endure this And that's what I want to look at tonight. And this joy that the Lord had can also help us, as it said in verse 1 there, let us lay every weight and the sin which doth easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This joy that the Lord had to help him endure the cross can also help us. And that's what I want to make the comparison to tonight. We're more focusing on what joy that Lord had but we will be referring to ourselves in the race we run so in doing that I'm going to get a few people to look up a couple of verses for me Um, if Bernie you could look up John chapter 4 and verse 34 and John if you could look up John chapter 17 verses 1 to (coughs) 4 the first thing I want to look at The first joy of the Lord that helped him endure the cross was completing the Father's will. So if we could have that passage read out, please. Jesus
1: said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work.
0: So it's very plainly put here that Jesus was set on doing the will of the Father and to finish the work. He wasn't going to get distracted by the things of the world, even so much so that um, the food that the the disciples had bring, he wasn't focused on that. And that's a a big one, I think of that. If I don't eat every hour, I'm thinking about food. But here the Lord has put everything second to the Father's will. He's so focused, and, and I think that's the main meaning. He puts everything second to the Father's will, the food and everything else. And as we go through, we'll look at a couple of other things that he, he put aside or into the Father's hands. <clears throat> John chapter 17, verses 1 to 4, if you could read that out,
1: please. These words spake Jesus, looking <coughs> up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh. That he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do.
0: Okay, again we're talking about the the work that the Father had set before him. And in this in these verses it describes what the will or the work was that his father wanted him to do. The first verse there shows that um, he lived by the father's timetable. Um, the hour is come. And also in Psalms 31.15, it says, My times are in thy hands. The Lord, put his fu- um, the Lord Jesus put his full um, trust and the control in the father's hand to do his will, And to do it at the time that he wanted him to. And it's a lesson to us. Are we putting everything else second to the Father's will? And are we being run by the the Father's timetable? And that's exactly what I was thinking on the way out today to this call out. I thought, why would you do this? Why now? But everything is in the Lord's time. And that's one thing I struggle with. I seem to jam as much as I can into the weekends. I always have projects and... Mel will tell you that I always overestimate how much I'm going to get done. And I'm fully convinced myself that I'll get that done. And then you get a call and then you get a setback and you think, why? Why is this happening? I need to slow down and look at the reason why the Lord has put that in place. And every time afterwards, in hindsight, you can look back and go, ah, that's why. But foolish me doesn't see that beforehand. But the Lord Jesus had... Um, was doing the Father's will at the time appointed. He was set to earth, sent to earth to live a perfect life without sin, minister to others and tell of the Father's saving love. He worked miracles and healed, and then ultimately to, he came to be a sacrifice for each one of us to bring us to eternal life, all to bring glory to His Father and to and to do His will. And we can, this is the joy that that helped him endure the cross. He was doing the Father's will. (coughs) Pardon me. If you just go over a couple of pages to John chapter 19. And there's a verse there, verse 30. It says there, when Jesus therefore had received the vineyard, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head. And gave up the ghost. This is the exact moment when Jesus had finished the will of the Father. He he uh, defeated Satan, the serpent. He squashed the head of the serpent. It was finished. Salvation was um, brought to us through what the what the Lord had just done. In Hebrews ten, thirty six. It says for you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. When we run our race with patience we too will be completing the Father's will. Always relying on him for the time and the place we should be. Always putting everything else second to the Father's will. And then the last part of that verse there, verse uh, 36 of chapter 10 of Hebrews, that you might receive the promise. And this leads me into my second point. So the first point was that the joy of the Lord that helped him endure the cross was completing the Father's will. But the second point here is his resurrection and exaltation. Now I might get a couple more people um, to read out a few more scriptures. Um, Miles, could I get you to read out Psalms chapter 16? Verses eight to ten. Um could I get it Tony to read out Acts chapter two, verses twenty two to thirty three? Yeah, if you could, thank you. thank you so jesus could have joy due to what david the psalmist had said he knew what would come out that he would be coming out of the tomb alive and that death and would defeat death and the grave he had this full confidence this full joy he was not going to leave his soul god was not going to leave his soul in hell or let him see corruption peter also refers to this in acts Chapter 2, verses 22 to 33. And Tony, could you read that out, please? say at Thank you. So Peter here is referring to the Psalms. Because Peter <clears throat> was talking after the resurrection had happened, he could say with great confidence in trying to convince those who may have been or heard the lie that um, Jesus, his, or Jesus' disciples had stolen his body and made it look as, look as though it had risen. He was using this to say, that uh, this was already told in the psalms he convinced the people that jesus was resurrected by saying that these verses did not refer to david because he was dead and buried but they did talk about the savior the lord jesus christ in verse 24 there we see that it was not possible that the pains of death would hold jesus and what joy the lord would have had in this reading that psalm knowing that yes he had to go through that through that valley but it had already been told that he was going to have victory over the death and the grave and then peter could use it as well to to show the people that this was real the resurrection was real that jesus was alive in psalms back in psalms 16 Verse 11 It said, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand th- there are pleasures for evermore. God also gave joy to the Son through the exaltation, saying that he will be exalted to the right hand of God. There will be a fullness of joy in the presence of God. Peter also referred to this part of the psalm in acts there (coughs) pardon me in 28 we read well tony read there thou shalt make my make me full of joy with thy countenance and and uh 34 where he um stopped reading there for david is not ascended into the heavens but he saith unto himself the lord saith unto my lord sit thou on my right hand until i make thy foes thy, thy footstool Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So there's no denying um, that Jesus had risen. He described that David definitely was not talking about himself in the psalm because David did not ascend into heaven. And the Father said unto the Son, Sit thou on my right hand. In those verses... So we can see. Well, he didn't say sorry. The sign he said, "The Lord said unto unto my Lord." Sorry about that. We see that the joy of the Lord was his prophesied resurrection and exaltation that helped him endure this cross. In uh, John chapter eleven, verse twenty-five to twenty and twenty-six, I'll just read those verses out. It says, "Jesus said." unto her I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die believest thou this so we too can have that had this joy that one day we will be um, resurrected or uh, raptured will be with the lord just as the the joy of the lord was to to knew that he was going to have um The victory over the death and the grave, but also that he would be exalted and be in heaven with his Father. We too have this joy as saved people. This can help us run our race from day to day, the race that is set before us, that we have to run and continue on. So we've seen the joy of the Lord that helped him endure the cross was completing the Father's will. It was his resurrection and exaltation, or and also, the last one is his joy in presenting believers to the Father of glory. <coughs> if I could get um, Pastor McConnell, could you read out John chapter 17, verses 22 to 24, please? John <coughs> 17, uh, chapter 17, yes. verses 22 to 24, please.
1: The
0: glory
1: Love them, as thou loved me. Father, I will what they also <coughs> have given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which I hast given me, for thy lovest me before the foundation of the world.
0: Thank you. So here we can see the excitement of Jesus as he talks about his believers, which the Father had given him, with great excitement in twenty three. And, and right through those verses, he talks about how he wants them to be unified together, as he and the Father are one, and that the godly love they have for one another would testify to the world. And this is this is a how we should run our race. There shouldn't be quarrels between us. There should be unity. There should be love through true doctrine. That we might testify to the world. And this is what was bringing um, Jesus joy before he went to the the cross so shouldn't we think about that and not cause confrontation between ourselves between the believers so that we might add to his joy in verse 24 he he then talks about he how he wants them to be in heaven with his father that they might see his true glory it's like he just can't wait he can't wait and we can imagine the father's just holding on, almost, because the, the the son wants to come and get his bride. He wants to come and get the church, and we can see that it's only through through his strength that um, the church is what it is. This should motivate motivate us to sanctify ourselves daily, that the Lord's joy might be added to. But not through our own strength is this done, but through the Lord's strength. As we can see in the following verses, if we turn over to Ephesians chapter 5, and I'll read a couple of verses there. (coughs) Pardon me. So Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26, it says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. He wants to present us as a glorious church without sport or wrinkle or blemish. And this is only possible because of the finished work that he did. Because he endured the cross, is this possible? And then through the washing of water by the word that we see in verse 26, and we should be doing that continually. We save, we're saved once. But then we need to be cleansed from the spotting of the world daily. We need to be in the word. We should have this as our motivation because this will add to the joy of the Lord that helped him endure the cross. If we go to Jude, uh, verse 24 there. I know I'm skipping around a bit tonight. But it says there, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy this verse here describes how the lord is able to present us who believe in him faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy it was it's not of ourselves that this is um a doable thing i know for in my own life that it (coughs) it wouldn't be joyous if it was done in my own strength if he presented me if i'd only worked in my own strength it would only be dirty rags it would be filthiness all those efforts to be righteous would be nothing but it is him who presents us faultless before him with exceeding joy he does this It shows us that this presenting of the believers is a big deal and a great joy that helped the lord jesus get through what he was going to face on the cross So what are, what are we doing to be ready for the presenting of the believers to God? I've just got a verse in 1 John chapter 3. will just read two verses there, starting in verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. <coughs> Pardon me. This verse is telling us that we will be once,
1: <coughs>
0: we will be once the Lord takes us home, and it also tells us what we should be aiming for as true believers. Purity, cleanser, cleanser, cleansing our ways, daily sanctifying ourselves. is a race, it is a continual thing. It's a thing that we have to keep on pushing for. And these different joys that help the Lord Jesus endure the cross can also help us to keep on that track, to keep on running. So do we possess the same joy that our Saviour possessed that helped him endure the cross? If we do, we have no need of fear of anything in this world, and whatever trials or tests come in our way, the Lord brings our way brings our way what we his true unfailing joy and that's what we can rest in that's what we can trust in it's not of ourselves it is of him so the joy of the lord that helped him endure the cross was completing the father's will his resurrection and exaltation and his joy in presenting us believers to the father of glory that's just a short little devotion tonight um i hope you got something out of that